Well, good morning once again, everyone. Welcome to Christ Central Church, and greeting to those who are online. My name's Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be speaking today, and it's great to have you here. And I just want to bring greetings, first of all, from our small group in St. John's, Newfoundland. So Josiah and I were able to be there a couple week, weekends ago, and uh, we were with our friends Rafaro and Samu and their family who've been here many times, and so they want to send their love and support and their greetings. And this morning, Mark and Debbie and Josh and Grace are serving in Christ Community Church in Charlottetown right as we speak, and they're there last night, today, and tomorrow. And so it's great to be able to partner together and as we see our churches here in Atlantic Canada coming together. So I just wanted to bring those greetings. All right, well, this morning I just want to speak on something that um, in our culture maybe doesn't get talked about either enough in church life or maybe sometimes gets the wrong perspective and that is just about caring for our bodies. And so sometimes we talk about some spiritual things that we don't always, you know, maybe understand the implications of how our body and spirit are connected. And so sort of in our culture, folks, there's lots of things that affect our walk with God that we don't always think about. And some of them are just very, very basic, and some of them have to do with our physical body. So I'm going to call them these the killer bees as we start out, and here are our killer bees. Our bellies can affect us, and so in our culture gets promoted burgers and beer, and then we have lots of body image issues that are all on a scale, but they affect us, and so whether we admit it or not, a lot of times how we look and how we present ourselves that actually is a big deal, and we take a lot of time, and that affects us negatively or sometimes positively. We're busy, and that can lead to burnout and different things. Steve already said it in our worship time, we're broken. Like, we understand that, oh, like, there's a lot of things that aren't right. And when it comes to things talking about food and fitness and our bodies, as I said, we can have this scale where sometimes we can be so obsessed about how we look, and we put all of our time and energy and effort into what goes into us, what we use with our bodies, and sometimes actually it can become as we talked about our definition of an idol, when good things become the ultimate things. And then we can also go to the other end of the scale, and we can be kind of like, to be honest, you know what, somewhat, we can get lazy, and we can just kind of not even think that are really our bodies. Like, you know, really, is it really that important? And both of those extremes aren't healthy for us. And so the question this morning is, does the Bible have anything to actually say about caring for our body? And the answer is yes. God cares about our body. God cares about such fundamental, simple things as sleep, food, exercise. Why? Because our bodies are connected to our spirit. That's how God made us. He's put us into a physical body. And we have to understand the physical affects our spiritual, and our spiritual affects our physical. So how we are and what we do with our bodies affects our spiritual and, and pastoral care for over 20 years. Sometimes when I meet with people and there's bad things going on in their life, and if you've met with me, you understand because we've gone through this. Sometimes it's spiritual things. It can be demonic attack and all these things. But sometimes it's simply this. What time are you going to bed? Have you gone for a walk lately? What are you eating? Those things affect our spiritual walk with God. Likewise, Sometimes we can have physical problems and there's a spiritual root to it. And so sometimes we work through people about things like unforgiveness, and guess what? As they've forgiven, guess what happens? All of a sudden, whew, their bodies respond and get 
restored. So I just want us to see that there's a connection between the, between the two. And if we neglect our bodies, there's all kinds of negative consequences. And we live in a world where we're hangry, we're hungry, we're tired. And sometimes junk food doesn't help us. And sometimes we're distracted. And I just want to see as we've been building this framework of life that caring for our physical bodies is a key part of that and we can't miss it because it can sabotage a lot of the other good things. And so this framework of life, we've been using this definition from King Ken Shigematsu. It's these patterns and practices that help support our relationship with Jesus because we want Jesus' character developed in us. We want to be more and more aware that everywhere we go and everything in life Jesus is present with us. We want our lives to be like Jesus, that we come and that we, just through our everyday life, we bring the life of Jesus to those around us. And so we've been looking at these key foundations of word and prayer and rest and Holy Spirit. We've been looking at, under these titles of friendship, how our friendships and our sexuality and our family relationships affect us. And now under the section on flourish, we talked about money a couple weeks ago. Today we're going to be talking about caring for our body. And just as a note, we've settled on a workshop for discussing these things a bit more. So Sunday, May 29th at 6.30 here at the building. If you want to come, we're just going to spend an hour and we're going to talk about how we can build a framework. We can put some nuts and bolts to some of the things that we've been talking about. So if you want to join us, just email me and you can get registered. So one of the key starting points before we kind of get into some of the practical things that is just really important, and especially depending upon maybe where you're coming from and what your background is in church or maybe not in church life, is this, our bodies matter. So as humans, we're made in the image of God. If you read Genesis 1 and 2, God made male and female in his image, and it was very good. We're made in the image of God. If you read Psalm 139, David's writing about just how we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that God knit us together in our mother's womb. But as Mark preached last week, we see that we're broken, that our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned. They disobeyed God. They didn't believe God. They rebelled against God. And that tainted. It's like a virus entered planet Earth. And as Mark, you can listen to his message from last week as he wrote, spoke from Ephesians 2, 1 and 10, talks about how from that point on, what we use, we say we live in a fallen world, that we are broken stones. And that's why we need to get out of Adam and into Christ. And the starting point is always this encounter with Jesus that we put our faith and hope and trust in Jesus Christ, everything we are singing about this morning. But then, God, as we put our faith and trust in Jesus, God takes the rest of our life to form Christ in us. So I hope you get that. We encounter God. We encounter Jesus. There's a supernatural transformation that takes place. But then there's a lifetime of formation that most of it doesn't happen very with bright lights and everything. It's kind of behind the scenes. It's on our own working things out with God as God works in us. We see that Jesus, the Son of God, became human. He took on human flesh. That Jesus became flesh, we call that the incarnation. And sometimes in our church history throughout 2,000 years, sometimes this kind of seeps into church life is that our bodies really aren't important. Or sometimes it's even in church life been said, our bodies are evil, but it's our spirit that matters. And we're saying, no, our body matters, our physical body matters. 
and it affects our spiritual walk. As Christians, we see this in 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. Paul writes to the church, he says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. As Christians, the Bible says that our physical body, we house the Holy Spirit. We're the temple, not this building. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And as we learned a couple weeks ago, it's like this. As we talked about our money and our possessions, we, that, the word our really isn't there. It all belongs to God. And the same thing, our physical body really doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. And we're now a steward. We're to take care of this body in order to honor God and to help those around us. So everything we're talking about this morning, it's in order for us to take good care of our body so that we can be useful to God and we can be more present to those around us and we can be a blessing to those around us. When I was in university, I loved doing this, is a lot of times I got to house sit. And it was such a blessing to go from my little apartment or my little rooming house to be in a house where I was there and, oh my soul, what a joy to house sit. But here's what, I was like super, very, 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 very cautious, probably over the top, that I wanted that house to be looking better when I left than when I first got there. I didn't want to break anything and I wanted to keep everything in order. Why? Because it really wasn't mine. I was a steward. I was entrusted to take care of that house and I wanted to make sure I took care. That's kind of what God's put us that we're stewards of the body that God's given to us. And the good news is this, and this is where I just want to make sure everything's in grace. Folks, a lot of our bodies are messed up. And so what I'm going to share this morning, this is not a guilt thing. Look, we know some of us have injuries, some of our brains, the chemicals don't work right. There's a lot of things. And so we know a lot of you are trying hard and you're doing all the things I'm talking about and you're still like not looking the way you want her to be healthy? Guess what? There's good news coming. We're going to have a resurrected body. Hallelujah. So one day, we're going to receive a new body. I heard that amen. That was a big hallelujah. No more pain. No more suffering. No more sin. No more sorrow. We're going to see Jesus as believers face to face, and we're going to receive a new body. Hallelujah. All right, we're just going to take briefly a look at a biblical example of some practical ways that we can care for our body. And I'm going to go back to the Old Testament, and this is 1 Kings 18 and 19. We don't have time to read the whole thing, but let me just paint the picture and set up the context. We have Elijah, and Elijah is a prophet for God, and actually things aren't going well at the time for him and for his country and for his nation. And Elijah is very bold. And he sets up this challenge with all these different um, other prophets who are following a false god. And Elijah sets up this contest. It's a fascinating story. It's worth reading this week. It's a powerful, incredible story that Elijah's like, okay, we're going to prove who God really is. And we're going to set up some altars and a sacrifice. And whoever's God sends fire and burns the sacrifice, that's the true and living God. So Elijah's like, I'll let you guys go first. And of course, Nothing happens, and they do all these different things, nothing happens. And then Elijah is like, okay, 
sets up the altar and he's like, put some water on it, dig a trough around it, fill it with water. I want it super saturated so that you're going to know that it's the living God. And sure enough, as Elijah waits, fire comes, consumes the sacrifice. Folks, it's an amazing victory. I mean, if, can you imagine like that were like Elijah's like, God is real. God showed up. We encountered God. It's powerful. Like a sign and a wonder, a miracle, a victory, faith, power. And you think, Elijah's going to live the rest of his life just like, if you were like, I'm just like, man, if I actually saw that really happen, I would never doubt again. I would be like on a high from that, like, I'm on fire for God. We're taking the world. Here we go. And this is what happens. Queen Jezebel is furious. She wants to kill him. And this is where we pick up the story. So we're going to read this together. So this is 1 Kings 19, 3 to 8. It's up here. So this is what I want you to do to participate. Can you read this with me? Can we do that together? All right, here we go. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. So I find that fascinating. Here's Elijah, depleted, depressed, exhausted, physically, emotionally, spiritually. He's like, God, I'm done. Take me out. And I'm expecting to read, this may be my bias, I'm expecting to read, God spoke to him, Elijah, go to my word, here's an angel, look at the angel, it shows I'm real, like, I'm going to send people to pray for you, which are all good things, and God could have done it. But what does he do? He cares for his body. He gives Elijah two long sleeps, he twice provides food and water, and Elijah is refreshed and strengthened. He runs, so much so, 40 days and 40 nights, that's pretty awesome. And if we kept reading, actually then God does speak to him and gives him direction for his next mission. So briefly, here are three gifts, three gifts from God that can help us in our physical one. Here's number one. Are you ready? Here's my pillow. Sleep. Oh. Here's the crazy thing with our culture. We're finding out more and more and more and more and more, scientifically, all the benefits of sleep, and our culture is more and more and more sleep-deprived. It's crazy. So more and more athletes are finding, oh, okay, rest is just as important as preparation and recovery and all of that. And yet, in our productivity and busyness and distractions and all those different things, we are actually finding out scientifically we in North America are sleeping less and less. And I don't think I have to convince you that with less sleep comes 
We're more cranky, irritable, mistake-prone, less alert, vulnerable to illness, and the list goes on. And there's more and more studies that are finding actually sleep, kind of leapfrogs even exercise and food and that to almost be the most important sort of determinant of our health. That's quite something to think about, isn't it? So in our framework of life, folks, these are just such practical, like I almost this week going like, do I even preach on this? Because it just seems so unspiritual, but yet it's so important (laughs) that we can develop some patterns and practices that actually help us. And just very briefly, so this is not prescriptive, these are just ideas, and you can maybe try some things out. But here's some things you can do to actually help you um, have more sleep. Number one, oh, my phone's, I thought it was in my back pocket. It's the microphone. Number one is you just got to learn to, man, control screen time. That's like the number one thing. And so what I mean by that is you shut it off. Now, everyone's going to make fun of me because I know I'm about the only person who does this, so make fun of me. I don't keep my phone in my room. I've got an old-school alarm clock. Old-school alarm clock. The buttons barely work because it's 30-some years old. And that's what I wake up to because the first thing I don't want to look at is my phone. And the last thing I don't want to do look at is my phone before I go to bed. Folks, that will solve a whole bunch of problems if you just do that. Or at least turn the notifications off and because I know anyone under 30 is not going to do it. But I'm just telling you, there's a, there is another way, okay? It's possible. Before you go to bed, I'm wired this way. I always got things in my head. I just write them down. I get my to-do list written down. It could be on my phone before I go to bed. I have a list. I've got a pen and paper right by my bed, and I just write it down so it's out of my head before I go to bed. I'll worry about it tomorrow, but it's out of my head. You can read a scripture or a book. You can review the day, and sometimes I try to do this as well. I know other people do. You just go through the day and just like, I just want to, before I go to, I'm just going to give thanks for some of the things that God provided for today. I'm just going to be thankful. Folks, there's all kinds of different things. What I'm saying is you got to experiment and try some things that maybe you haven't done before to try to help you get to bed a bit earlier. Because sleep affects us. Many cultures have this. Many cultures include a nap in the afternoon. Depending upon your job, speak to your employer first before you maybe fulfill that one. But here's the thing. If you can fit a nap in, it actually, a 15-minute nap actually gives you more energy probably for the rest of the day that you'll actually probably be more productive. So my question is just figure out what works for you. And here's another good thing that the Bible talks about is this. When we sleep, it proves that you're not in control. So Jesus gave lots of different examples. He said, you know, the farmer sows and then the farmer goes to bed. And guess what happens when the farmer sleeps? God's growing the crop. So we can go to bed and we can say, Lord, you're in control. And while I sleep, it proves it. Sleep is really, really important. The next thing is this. We want to 
talk about some healthy eating. So here's my apple a day. We'll keep the doctor away. That's what we grew up with. The point is, God's provided us with options for food that can help us or hinder us. Now, this is a tough one because, again, we're going with the principle. We're going the principle that eating well helps care for our bodies, which makes us more available for God and others. But I know this is a tough one because there's such a challenge because food is expensive, especially now, like our inflation's going through the roof. And so fruits and vegetables and all that are even more expensive than anything else. So again, please hear, there's grace. But my point is, are we actually making some decisions before we just eat? Maybe we can eat less. Maybe we can change a few things. Because we are very much sort of these, again, on a scale of two extremes. We're very much a fast food society, quick sugar, processed foods, bad chemicals, and blah. And it affects us. I don't want to read my Bible. Yeah, because I feel like terrible. I got no energy. I don't want to pray. Folks, some of those things, Satan doesn't want us to pray. We're busy. But some of it is we're just not taking care of our bodies. And guess what? Our bodies say, just take the lazy way out. But sometimes we can't be other end of the scale is that we can be so concerned about what we eat it's actually the most stressful thing. And we're paranoid about what we eat and is it this or that and sometimes we, and we cannot even sometimes give thanks and be joyful for the food that God's pro- provided. And folks, I don't have to get into that there's so many different types of eating disorders and stress and whether it's overeating, undereating, body image, whew, let alone gluttony that we can eat out of control. Paul says this in Romans 14, 17. This is the principles I want you to try to understand. Paul says the kingdom of God isn't about eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we want to have the right perspective. So we don't want to be too preoccupied with what we eat or drink. Paul said where he went to all kinds of different places. He was like, whatever was put before him, he prayed and gave thanks. <laughs> and he ate. Food is a gift from God for our enjoyment and nourishment. And God gave us senses, taste buds, and smells, and aromas that we can enjoy food, and we say, oh, Lord, thank you. There's so many images. We're going to have a feast with God at the end. There's a banqueting table. And we can begin in our framework of life maybe to start to incorporate this. Jesus said this, when you fast, when you fast, now here's the thing. Some of us have medical conditions, so I put it in here. Doctor's advice, all that. We want to be, we don't want anyone fainting on us and things like that. So, you got to figure out some things, maybe with your doctor and that to see. But for most of us, we can fast one meal. We can fast one day. We can give up food in order for us to focus on God, to give our priority to God. Actually helps our bodies. We kind of go through a bit of a detox, which actually helps us. Sometimes you actually find that you actually have more energy when you fast. But the number one thing is this. We say, God, when I'm hungry, it reminds me that I want you. Richard Foster in his book, um, Spiritual Disciplines, says this, and that's such a great, powerful quote. 
more than any other practice or discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. More than any other practice or discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. That's why we say we fast social media for a day. You kind of realize, ooh, that actually got quite a hold on me. We fast food for a day. Oh, I realize. Fasting leads us to feast on God. In our hunger for food, we grow to understand our greater dependence on God. And our hunger reminds us that we don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And fasting frees us up for more time to pray and to focus on hearing from God. So folks, again, just baby steps. Maybe you just start with one meal and just say, for one lunch hour, that hour or half an hour or whatever I was going to take to prepare and eat, everything, I'm going to take that and I'm going to take some time to pray. And then maybe you can increase it. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm going to actually do one day. And just encourage you, I think a good way to do it is like from su- supper, dinner, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, to the next supper, 5 or 6 o'clock. So you eat your meal at supper time, and then you fast breakfast and lunch, and then eat again at supper time. And you can use those times to seek God more. Folks, I can guarantee, I can guarantee if nothing else, when you eat your next meal, you're going to be more thankful. You might have forgotten to pray every other meal to say grace and say, thank you, Lord. That one, you're going to say, God, thank you for this food. That's one thing. But folks, you begin to have a start to an awareness of God. You begin to hear God's voice in a different way when you give something up to focus more on God. I encourage you to make that part of your framework of life to give up something, and maybe it's not food, maybe it's something else if you're not able to do that food. Last thing is this, regular exercise. So this is my dumbbell. I won't do too many curls in front of you. One, Paul says this to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 8. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. That's the proper perspective. Growth in godliness is most valuable. Physical training has some value. So here's the key. Is we've been saying this about all of our different things for a framework of life. We just want to begin modestly, small steps, and increase the level of challenge. It's all gradual. So some of that's just going for a walk is to start. And again, I know we have different body types, different health issues, so please, there's lots of grace. If you can't exercise, we understand. But for many of us, Sometimes we neglect just that going for a good walk actually is one of the best things we can do. We can do it at home. We can become part of a gym. We can be involved in a sport. It can be just leisure activity. But something gradual, continuous, sustainable, it's developing good patterns and habits and practices. And that usually takes four, six, eight weeks to start to see sometimes the benefits of these things. We can do it individually. We can be part of a small group how you're wired, but do something that you enjoy. It doesn't have to be a punishment. Find something that you enjoy. Paul says, we live and move and have our being in God. We can actually enjoy our exercises, time with God, and we can be grateful. We can delight in it. And folks, exercise can actually clear our minds, to 
cause us to be more focused and present with God and others. Exercise releases neurochemicals in our bodies which create a heightened sense of well-being. Those are all good things. As with eating, the goal of exercise is not bodily perfection, but availability to God and others. And I love this quote from Ken Shigematsu. I think it's on the next slide. Ken says this, It is not a sin to enjoy food or exercise or rest. The real sin is to embrace the unrealistic, unattainable standard of beauty and achievement defined and perpetuated by the advertising industry. So good, isn't it? It's not a sin to enjoy food or exercise or rest. The real sin is to embrace the unrealistic, unattainable standard of beauty and achievement defined and perpetuated by the advertising industry. Folks, this is to help our walk with God. How we sleep, how we eat, how we exercise, caring for our bodies affects our spiritual life. So in closing, just a quick review. Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if we belong to Jesus, we house his Holy Spirit. We're stewards of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, our bodies should be cared for. In the simple patterns of sleeping, my pillow, healthy eating, exercise, such simple things enable us to honor the gift that God's given to us by giving us a physical body. And again, hallelujah, a resurrection body is coming. <laughs> The way we use and treat our bodies, for better or for worse, this is all I'm trying to say, will profoundly shape our lives and our relationship with God and others. And sometimes we forget that. Receiving God's gifts of restoration for our bodies is good self-care. It's simply good stewardship, if we can, to get a good night's sleep, to eat well, and to get some exercise. And as we receive the gifts of rejuvenating sleep, nourishing food, energizing exercise, we in turn are free to offer the whole of ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. As Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Paul says this, this is our spiritual act of worship. How we sleep, eat, and exercise is part of our worship to God. It expands our definition of worship to God. So for your life groups and on the live stream this week, I'll send out these questions. We're just going to be talking about, you know, what impressed us about God's response to Elijah, anything from there, in what way sleeping a spiritual act, how can we honor God and ourselves through our exercising our eating habits, how can we avoid extremes in our eating and exercise habits, in what way is care for your body foundational for your entire formation of life. Because if we don't pay attention to it, it can actually sabotage some of the other things. All right, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to put into practice what we've... So afterwards, you can have a nap, or you can eat, or you can go for a walk. I think we're going to eat together first. Is that the order, Ollie? I think it's the order. Mm-hmm. So Ollie will give us some Instructions, if you didn't bring any food, you can practice fasting um, right away. All right, well, if you're able, why don't you stand? I'm going to pray for everyone, for those on the live stream.
Father, we just want to thank you that you've created us in your image, male and female, and it was very good. Thank you, Jesus, that you took on flesh, you lived among us. As Gary shared earlier, that you have walked the road that we are on. You knew what it was to be hungry. You know what it was to have no sleep. You know what it was to be beaten and all of those things. And we see in your life how sleep and food and exercise affected you. And you're a model. And we thank you for this story of Elijah, this example to us. And Father, I just pray now, Lord, such simple things, but Lord, they're difficult in our lives, God. Would you help us? Your Holy Spirit's involved in helping us even to get a good sleep, making wise decisions, helping us to say no to other things and saying yes to healthy ways. Lord, I pray that we would be a healthy body physically and together, that, Lord, we would recognize and you would help us, Lord, that how we take care of our bodies affects spiritual things. That, God, that we want to offer our lives. Lord, we want to be good stewards of the body you've given to us. So help us by your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.